Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Victoria Clark, Administrative Fellow at Cleveland Clinic. Victoria, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are? Sure. Thanks, Brooke, again for having me. Uh, really excited to be here and chatting with everyone. So I'm Victoria Clark. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, I like to say that it's from upstate New York, but depending on who you ask, um, I'm not technically upstate. I'm from the Hudson Valley in New York, um, so not the city. I went to Vassar College for undergrad in Poughkeepsie, so the same area where I grew up. I then uh, completed my master's in public health at Yale University, studying healthcare management, and now I'm currently in Cleveland, Ohio, where I work as an administrative fellow at the Cleveland Clinic. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing. I think people would love to know a little bit more about an administrative fellow, and I know it's probably different at every organization, but what is your experience like, and is there like rotations? Are you doing project-based? Yeah, sure. So I remember when I was looking at fellowships, just being totally daunted by it. And so happy to break it down a little bit. So my fellowship is a project-based fellowship. And what that means is I work on different initiatives and projects across the health system. Uh, So I'm not just working on things based out of in Cleveland, but I'm also working with some teams down on our Florida campuses, uh, as well as our campus in Las Vegas, Nevada, that focuses a lot on brain health. I spend some time in strategy. I spend a lot of my time in clinical operations because of my own personal interests. And ultimately just working on different things that really help us get to our mission and vision of being the best place to receive care. And so my fellowship program, it's a year long. Uh, So I started in June of 2022 and I'll be finishing in just under three months. I'll be finishing in June of 2023. I am in a cohort. Thank you. I'm in a cohort uh, based fellowship. So I have six other co-fellows that I work with. Uh, One of them is based out in Florida and we all, you know, work on similar projects. We work on healthcare management program initiatives for our fellowship program. And so we get to spend a lot of time collaborating and just learning from each other going experiencing working in large healthcare systems as early careerists. That's fantastic. And what industry or what sector would you be interested in after your fellowship? I think it's a great question. I have spent a lot of my time in the hospital setting. I've had some experience working in government Uh, prior to doing my fellowship, and I really enjoyed my time there. But ultimately, I think my my passion lies within hospital-based care, and so I hope to stay there. Wonderful. And how long have you been in the industry, and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I like to explain this as, you know, at the end of the day, we're all patients of the healthcare system. And so I think our journey starts at day one in healthcare, but for me, it's a bit personal. Um, I grew up with my father, who was an active user, is an active user of the healthcare system. Um, He was injured in a line of duty incident. And so I remember just growing up, seeing him 
and surgery after surgery. And so getting to experience, you know, him going through patient care and just the, the wonderful care teams that he had across all of the hospitals and doctors that he had seen and specialists. Uh, at the end of the day, I just knew I wanted to be in healthcare and, and help people. And so I think like a lot of us that wind up in healthcare administration, we start off as pre-med. I thought at the time, you know, because of what I was seeing with my dad's care that either I could only be a doctor or a nurse or a, a PA or something more clinical. And so I went into undergrad at Vassar intending on going to medical school took all of the pre-med classes, took an MCAT prep course, was so set on it. And then when I was trying to decide what major I wanted to do, I also knew at the same time, knowing that I wanted to go be pre-med, I also knew that I didn't want to major in biology or biochemistry or any natural science. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so I majored in science, technology, and society. And the way that I like to explain it is we studied a lot about the intersection of the natural sciences with the social sciences and things like history of medicine, public health. Those are some of the first times that terms like that were introduced to me. And I'm really grateful because the timing of everything worked out. Um, I have a mentor from Vassar. Her name's Elizabeth Bradley. She's the current president there. And she, prior to going into academia, she was actually a hospital administrator at Massachusetts General Hospital. And I remember I took her class and she had said on day one, you know, like, why is everyone taking this class? And, you know, people are going down the line, whatever. And for me, I said to her, I said, your class is going to help me decide if I want to be a doctor or if I want to go into public health. And I, you know, to this day, like her class was one of those life-changing things for me, uh, just learning about global health and how to think about healthcare outside of the provider-patient relationship. And so at the end of the day, uh, at the end of my junior year, going into my senior year, I started applying to masters of public health programs, knowing that I wanted to focus on healthcare management, but also wanted that uh, subset of public health to focus on uh, and just learn more about that in my time that I had left in school. Uh, and so I applied to a bunch of different programs, but ultimately landed on Yale and it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made for myself, uh, studying in healthcare management there and wound up in New Haven. And now here we are. Here we are. And I think you have an incredible story and I, I am sorry to hear about your father, but it is great to see that you are giving back in this way and you've networked with so many different people. And it, I think that is the importance of networking where you may not know exactly what you want to do. And I think a lot of people do want to go into pre-med, but don't understand how many different opportunities there really are in this sector, in this area, in this industry. So I'm glad that you have found your way. I'm glad that you also were able to get an administrative fellowship because they are, they give you so much knowledge that you may not get working in a day-to-day -day job and thinking of fellowships and specifically with Cleveland Clinic, I know that they have a different program and where you can do your internship and go straight to the fellowship. How does that work? Yeah, so I completed my summer internship in between uh, my first and second year of grad school at the Cleveland Clinic. 
and I interned in the Emergency Services Institute. Um, and I should add a really important part of my background is that I worked clinically as an EMT for four and a half years in New York State. And for me, I had known that that's what I, I knew that that field of, of medicine is, you know, where my heart lies and it still does to this day, but still very interested in the leadership side of it. And so being able to connect that during the summer with administration just made everything so full circle for me. Uh, and so when I started the internship, um, I wasn't really thinking about fellowships, to be quite honest. I was still just trying to, you know, figure out if, if administration is what I want to be doing. That summer was my first official experience in administration. And then we were presented with the opportunity to apply early decision for the Cleveland Clinic Administrative Fellowship Program. So you think of it kind of like college admissions where you apply, you get an offer, and then you, you do it, and it's, it's set up and ready to go before, you know, you start up your second year of school. And so after spending the summer working on different projects, working with an incredible team, I had decided that I'd love to come back if given the opportunity to be a fellow at the Cleveland Clinic. And so I had applied at the end of the summer, had interviewed uh, following essentially the same format that you would through the traditional process, uh, just having met a lot of those folks during the summer and having networked with them. And I then got the call right before I left Cleveland to go back to New Haven to finish off grad school um, from Brian Allen, who is our fellowship program director. And he had said, you know, this is, uh, I remember the phone call to this day. He was like, you know, it's a really competitive process. And I was like, oh gosh, like I have to think about what I want to do. And he's like, but we're really excited to welcome, welcome you back. And mm -hmm. it was one of the greatest days still to this day of my life, just getting that offer. Um, and just, yeah, so privileged to be, you know, a fellow at the Cleveland Clinic. Well, congratulations. I know you're well into the fellowship, but I know it's such a competitive process and it's really nice to know that Cleveland Clinic makes it a little easier for, for interns to get into it. Um, what would you say success looks like in your position? I know every, again, every fellowship is different, but in general, how can someone be successful in a fellowship? I think it's really important that you put as much into your fellowship as your fellowship program is putting into you. And so our first month of fellowship was just back to back to back meet and greets with different leaders across the enterprise and just connecting mm -hmm. with them. Taking that extra step and connecting with them one on one afterwards is huge. Uh, and so I have a, a mentor of mine, Steve Merzowski, who I connected with. Uh, we share a similar background of, of working in emergency services prior to entering administration. And, you know, he's just been a wonderful resource and I'm so glad that I connected with after all of those meet and greets. Um, just connecting with alumni fellows for me too was really helpful just to get a better sense of, you know, what can I expect for this fellowship year to be like? And what can I expect to learn after my fellowship? Because mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, the clinic is investing so much in us that it would be a privilege to you know, stay with the clinic and work with them long-term. And so getting to hear stories from those past fellows and what their experiences were like. Um, but yeah, I'd say my biggest advice is just, yeah, putting as much effort into it as they are into you. I completely agree. And I would say like, even at the start of mine, I 
definitely took the time to do so many meet and greets, but in them, I also asked them, okay, what does success look in your eyes? Because I think everyone has a different insight or perspective on what that looks like. And some people might say, okay, like within 30 days, within 60 days, within 90 days, okay, this is what I want you to accomplish. But at the same time, I think it's important for you to set boundaries, but also make sure that you are aligned on what their vision is. Because again, some people are like, okay, like, yes, you should take like a month to really just on board. But then some other people may want you to be more productive in that time. But again, it's setting that boundary on what works best for both you, your preceptor, um, as well as possibly your other cohort fellows, because some people have more than one person in the fellowship. Um, and then my other advice I would say is really consider, again, how you can add value to everyone and every, I guess, project, even if it's something small, if you can increase satisfaction for employees, if you can move one metric a little closer to their goal, I think that also can help in a big way um, and help you quantify your impact too. Because again, it's a learning experience, but I know they will want you to help. It's not just another internship. You are taking on more initiatives, more projects too. For my next question, what has been your favorite thing about working in healthcare? That's a great question. Uh, for me, I I think everyone kind of feels this way going into healthcare. It's you know it's a never changing, it's an ever changing field, uh, and so every day is different. I think that's what got me interested at first in emergency medicine, and now just seeing that apply to all different sectors of healthcare. Every day is different. I feel like I'm constantly learning. I think also the the people that I work with really just drive a lot of my you know passion to go to work every single day. I work with an incredible group of folks um, from all different sorts of backgrounds, whether it be clinical, administrative, business, etc. Just getting to collaborate with them and be thought partners with them is one of the greatest parts about my job, and really just being able to make a better impact on the patient experience. I completely agree. I don't think you're ever going to get bored. There's always something that you can help with and so many different people to connect with and you really can make an impact in people's lives. Even if it's indirect, um, you're always helping someone and thinking about the experiences too. And thinking of the fellowship, I think that a great rule of thumb is thinking of the 80-20 rule. I think it's important to have a work-life balance. I think it's important to be productive, but at the same time, you have to take the time to really help develop yourself and develop skills, but also take that time to network with people in this area because you can actually have exponential growth if you do that. Um, so that would be some of my advice too during the fellowship, but do you have any insights, whether it's the fellowship in general for people going into health admin? I would say just connecting with folks that are in a field that you're interested in, even if it's just, even if you think it's a stretch, we've all been there. I remember just being so daunted reaching out to some of the leaders that I now call some of my closest mentors today, just being daunted to send that initial cold email asking for 15 minutes of their time. We've all been there. And I think we're all, you know, willing to give back to this next generation of 
of early careerists in healthcare. For me, recognizing that I am also still an early careerist in healthcare, I am really intentional about being an advocate in that space still. Um, and so for me, I am actively involved in ACHE, which is the American College of Healthcare Executives. It's one of the many different professional societies and organizations that you can join as a healthcare administrator and a healthcare professional. And for me, being a part of that gives me access to a wide network of other members, not only just in Northeast Ohio, but across the country. And so I really tried to dedicate my time outside of my fellowship projects and outside of my own personal life as well, just digging into that and connecting with different administrative fellows across the country. Um, I helped plan, I was the co-chair for this year's fellowship exchange, uh, which takes place the Sunday before ACHE Congress every year. And so we got to, we bring a group of fellows from across the country just to network, meet and talk about these things that we're talking about right now, about, you know, what are some of the biggest issues that we see in healthcare? How do we, how do we get folks to know more about healthcare administration earlier on than myself already done with my pre-med requirements and feeling almost like I had to start over. Um, how do we just advocate that this mm -hmm. is another opportunity for folks in healthcare uh, to get involved in? And so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like healthcare is such a people-oriented industry and I think just tapping into that and building relationships is going to be the the biggest key to your success. I completely agree. And giving back is great. And I think it's hard for people sometimes to find mentors, but it's really just willingness to reach out. And sometimes if you feel like, okay, I'm asking this person, I don't, I don't think they're going to reply to me maybe offer like to grab coffee. And I know that's always like something that I look forward to, or again, it's just sending that email. What's the worst they could do? Say no. Um, so yeah, I would always give that advice to people is to find mentors who care, um, but don't be afraid to reach out, them, out to them. And when it comes to giving back, I think it's fantastic that you are involved in ACHE. And for people who don't know that what that is, it's the American College of Healthcare Executives. It's an absolutely great organization, especially for early careerists. If you can attend the annual Congress, which is like a big conference, some grad schools, even some other programs can pay for, um, what is it called? It's for your registration. And you can even get scholarships I, to go, I believe. Um, and then additionally, they do have an annual essay competition. I know I was involved in that. It's a great learning experience if you can do it. And also you can win scholarships from doing it. I know for me personally, I have been involved with HIMSS, which is a health information management systems society. I believe I always get it wrong, but absolutely love going. You can network with so many people and it's also a great way to get involved, build your resume. Um, you can network again with a lot of people through committees, professional development. So whatever organization you're looking into, I would recommend doing a professional org. Um, but other than that, one of my final questions is if there was one thing that you could improve within the healthcare delivery system, what would it be? It's a great question. Um, 
For me, it always comes back to access and patient experience. And I know those are big buzzwords in healthcare, but to just unpack what that means to me a little bit, I like to think of healthcare as, hmm, I like, I like to think of about the patient experience, like first and foremost. So uh, as a patient, you are going to go into a healthcare system. You're going to go to a doctor's appointment. And if you have a really good experience, you're probably going to want to go back. It's already an anxiety inducing thing to have to go to, go to the doctor's office, even me like working in healthcare, it's still a stressful thing to have to go to the doctor. But if you have a negative experience, you're likely not gonna wanna go back. But the difference between just wanting to and not wanting to is that with that negative, you may also tell your friends and your family that you had this bad experience if they're asking for advice on where to go. Mm -hmm. And so it's the cyclical patient experience thing where the good times are shared and then the negative times, you know, will will likely drive patients to go elsewhere. And so for me, being able to just improve the patient experience on a day-to-day basis is huge. And I think with that, finding ways to also improve access to the healthcare system, whatever that means, whether it means offering telehealth solutions, whether it means just trying to reach communities that we are either directly impacting or indirectly impacting and just trying to create, you know, a, a community and, a, and like a, a trust bond between them just to, you know, know that they can trust the care that we deliver is huge. Uh, so really just trying to like mm-hmm. get involved in things like that. Yeah. How do you involve more stakeholders, especially patients into decision-making and for instance, that access and experience, it could be increased. Yeah. So for me personally, one of my projects that I devote a lot of time with is our healthcare partner program. And so that's a program through volunteer services where we actually have patients as volunteers. Uh, They come and they sit within our different clinical institutes or within different committees that we have across our organization or our regional hospitals in the Northeast Ohio area. And they talk about things just like this. How do we improve the patient experience? What can we do? And we have them sitting in on some wonderful projects, uh, whether they be new buildings, new hospitals, getting to tour those and give their thoughts, uh, getting to give feedback on just Mm. how to recruit more patients to get involved. Um, We've had them involved with Uh, something that we call the Cleveland Clinic plan of care visits, where your entire care team, when they're rounding on you, everyone is there and everyone is just trying to make sure that we're all on the same page, patients, families, care teams, everyone. And so we even have our healthcare partners involved in projects like that, just educating our patients on the importance of these plan of care visits. And so just having them as a, pro- a, a member of your project team, sort of like how I sit as a fellow on different projects across the organization, embedding patients on those sorts of projects as well, and getting mm-hmm. to hear firsthand from them. Because I think even though, yes, like I said before, we all we are all patients of the healthcare system, I think sometimes we can get tunneled into our own little healthcare administrator worlds and not think sometimes about 
how we would want to experience that care. And so having that patient provide that experience is just so helpful. And so just really having them involved in every step of the process when possible. That is such a great program. And I don't think a lot of hospitals have something like that. So I think it's really cool that Cleveland Clinic has something like that. Another thing that I I think that we don't consider all the time, especially being in health admin, is we might be removed from patient care more than we think we, we are. Again, we might receive care at the hospital we're working at. That's not always the case. So bringing in more patient perspectives, more staff perspectives, I think is really key into solving problems, whether it's small or big, they can offer solutions we might not have even thought of. Yeah, absolutely. Before ending the podcast, I one of my last questions is something that we've talked about is I think pay transparency. So when thinking about your role and thinking about administrative fellows, I think I've heard a lot of times the range can either be between about 55 all the way to about 120,000. Do you think that this is fair? Do you think that it's based on location? What are your perspectives on pay for administrative fellows, especially when people may be coming from full-time jobs? Some might be fresh right out of college. That's a great question. And I know it's one that I remember in grad school that me and my classmates would talk about often just about deciding jobs and if we wanted to do a fellowship or not. I'd say the range that you shared is pretty accurate. Again, taking into consideration the geographic location of healthcare systems. So you think of cost of living, let's say in Cleveland versus in New York City, those are two totally different numbers. And so the pay may reflect differently based Mm -hmm. on where you're living. Uh, I think also your experience ties into it a bit. Uh, If you have previous work experience versus if you're fresh out of grad school, straight from undergrad. Um, I would say too, outside of salary, there are other benefits to consider that may not be uh, advertised as salary or maybe grouped together as your salary. Uh, So thinking about things like your relocation bonus. I know for me, New York to Ohio isn't the biggest of moves compared to some friends that I have that have made moves from, let's say, California to Ohio. Um, But having that relocation bonus was definitely really helpful. Uh, And then also, uh, typically, some fellowship programs will have opportunities for you to continue your professional development. And so, like I had mentioned with ACHE before, that's one of our fellowship benefits is that we got to attend the ACHE Congress and having that just in our in our offer letter and available to us is just wonderful. And it it's, it's just important to, you know, consider the things outside of salary too and making sure that you are negotiating for those those added benefits if they're not explicitly in, you know, in your offer and in your fellowship program. Exactly. I think that's a great point where I think a good majority, I I can't speak for all of them, do offer relocation packages, but also if you want to negotiate, let's say if you're working remote, um, you could even negotiate Wi-Fi. I know you're paying for a lot of things yourself, especially if you're working from home, you're going to be paying, especially if you're in a cold place like me, you're going to pay more probably in your bills. So something to think about too. Um, But professional development, that's key where 
for my experience, depending on the product I'm working on, I've been able to have, let's say, Lean Six Sigma training or Agile training, which has been really beneficial. Some other fellows have had Tableau or Power BI. So really, really ask those difficult questions, especially if they can't increase your base pay. Um, some things could could really help um, in making your decision. But before ending the podcast, I just wanted to say this has been wonderful, Victoria. I want to thank you so much for joining. And is there a way for listeners to connect with you after the show? Yeah. And again, thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful just chatting with you. I, if if anyone wants to connect with me, you can either reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Victoria Clark on there. Or you can reach out to me via email, uh, and then Brooke will will share my my email with you all in the description, I believe. Yep, certainly will. And on that note, I want to thank everyone for listening. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Anchor by Spotify. To listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at Health Admin Life on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube.